Well, hello and welcome to this very special uh, podcast today when we'll be speaking to Stephen Davis, who's the uh, founder and CEO of uh, Care Skills Pro. They're also our very first sponsors and advertisers. Now, not just crew, we made the conscious decision a long time ago that we would only endorse companies uh, that sort of promote crew and our sort of uh, lifestyles. Now, I'm so glad to be able to say that they have absolutely ticked all our boxes. Not only that, they've actually uh, exceeded that. So uh, he's going to be telling us about the uh, care industry and how crew can be uh, fast-tracked and gain a a professional uh, qualification. Um, So have a listen, and then I'll be back at the end to give you my thoughts. So, Steve, uh, lovely to uh, hear you, and thank you so much for uh, joining us. I'm just wondering, could you give us a, a brief uh, background on uh, Care Skills Pros, how it came about, how you got involved in the industry? Hi, Trevor. Thanks for asking. Yeah, so basically, uh, I've been working in health and social care now and education for nearly 23-plus years. Um, though I know people can't see me, but I, I, I definitely don't look like I've been working in the industry that long. <laughs> And um, basically, from the pandemic last year, it, it was evident that there was a massive skill shortage and a skill gap uh, within the health and social care sector and more towards the nursing sector because it takes three years to train a nurse. And with all the redundancies coming through, myself and my, my colleague, uh, Susan, we, we were talking and it just seemed the right time for us to, to do something to try and help, uh, A, improve the shortage in the care sector and and offer something different to what other people are offering. So an, an opportunity to upskill quickly, but safely, uh, and to provide them with an opportunity for, for work. And obviously then to help uh, people in the industry where they've lost their jobs and obviously find those matches because the care sector, um, you know, naturally attracts different types of people and and the care industry the you know the 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 transferable skills that people have just meet the care sector so well and the skills that that crew have especially you know the 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 working well in emergencies working under pressure the the whole body clock thing with time and and their customer service skills is just such a great compliment to the care sector so it, it just seemed one of the most sensible things to do at this particular time in, in the current situations in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, you, you say you've been in the sector uh, well over well over two decades now, and, <laughs> and I, I can agree, you certainly don't look like you've been in that that, that long. Uh, what, what drew you to that industry yourself in, in the first place? Um, so, my, a bit of background about myself. I failed everything at school. I wasn't academic, uh, failed my GCSEs, and my sister said to me, oh, there's a job in the nursing home down the road. And I was like, oh, all right then. Uh, and I went and, and I had uh, an, an inspirational matron uh, called Mary Bavage, and I was 15 at the time. And she taught me so much in just such a short space of time and really gave me an insight into health and social care. And then after that, I, I, I worked uh, as a senior carer. So I rapidly, uh, at 19, I was head of care. At 22, I was a registered care manager running a residential home. And then I, I realised that actually the education that's been delivered in care is, is, is you know, sometimes rushed 
or just isn't tailored to meet individual learning styles because we all learn in a different way and yet it's a very formal way of doing things. So I then trained to become an assessor, a verifier, uh, an external auditor, uh, and then I qualified as a teacher in 2009. So I then became a dual professional. I, I had my care background and my teaching background. In 2018, I then became a registered mental health nurse. So, you know, after 20 years of working in care, I then thought, you know, it's time to get my degree. And I just couldn't believe how difficult it was. It, it, you know, for somebody that worked in the sector, who'd already been a manager, who's a qualified teacher, and, and it was a real uphill struggle to, to get the skills that I got transferred over. And I think, you know, a lot of the time when universities are recruiting, they're recruiting fresh talent and maybe the more mature people are overlooked sometimes. Um, and uh, my my transferable skills just seem to be overlooked. And it, it kind of got a bit frustrating. So I've then worked with with other organisations in kind of setting up apprenticeships and, and, and looking at work-based learning and to really kind of how to reduce these barriers that some people face, you know, because it just should be a given, you know, if, if you've worked in a job of responsibility and you've got those skills, why is it then so difficult to get a job? And it just yeah. doesn't make sense. So, and, and that's kind of where Care Skills Pro comes in because we're able to look at people as a holistic person and, and look at what they can bring to the sector, look at their life experiences, talk to them about their strengths, and then shape them for the industry uh, and then make them what people want to hear. And I think in recruitment for, for nursing and social care, it is a very rigid process. People are looking for very particular things on CVs. They're looking for this particular wording. And if you can act, talk and write in a certain way, it kind of pushes you up the list to become more more visible do i should i say um yeah. to people so that that's what we're doing you know we we can work with people and from my experience uh, we can mentor people and from an organization point we're not looking to change the world we're not looking to, to do hundreds of people we're looking to do our first cohort of, of smaller numbers so it's more of a family feel so so you'll work with myself and sue and because we're only working with a you know, a smaller pot of numbers in our first intake, it gives us an opportunity to really learn who people are on a personal level. And I think that's important for what we're trying to achieve here. Yeah. What would you, I mean, because I mean, the, the care industry, uh, uh, especially since COVID-19 sort of came to the uh, fore, uh, and I must remind everyone, it's something we really hadn't even heard about a uh, a year ago. Um, so it has, it has been in the media. Um has retention uh, in the industry been a been a problem? And how can a company such as yours uh, change any uh, preconceptions that anyone's got? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, because if, if you think about uh, retention uh, and trying to keep staff engaged, you, you know, every year the number of nurses leaving the industry doesn't replace the numbers coming in. So we're averaging around a skill shortage of 43,000, 45,000 registered nurses a year. And actually, when you look at the people just retiring, let's not just put what this pandemic's done, let's just look at a typical year. Uh, if you look at the Royal College of Nursing, you're looking around those typical numbers, which is, is insane, really. And it means as a registered nurse, when I put my application out, I could be offered four or five jobs in an afternoon. And, and it is that desperate, unfortunately. 
from a care from a health and social care point, I think I heard the other day there was over one hundred and ten thousand vacancies in health and social care across England. I mean, that's that's a scary amount of vacancies. And the sad thing is, with that level of vacancy shortage, it means that care is compromised and people aren't receiving the care that they should be receiving, not through faults of care managers, but because of that retention thing that you've talked about. And it does take a certain kind of person with a lot of care and courage to go, you know what, now's the time to try something new. And not only am I going to try something new, I'm going to do it in a pandemic. Um, and, and that takes a level of bravery. I'm obviously still a registered care manager for a care service in London. And last year we recruited 35, 40 new members of staff and they've undergone this programme that we're just about to do with Care Schools Pro. And we've we've taken on people that have worked in hospitality. We've taken people that were shop managers that have all been furloughed. And they've, you know, the majority of them have found a whole new career and a whole new lifestyle that they never thought they could have because there are so many preconceptions that everyone's just going to go out and bum wash and that's not what we do we do so much more yeah. than washing bottoms um from an emotional point to supporting people right through to you know just making sure people are being fed and and, and having some tweet and drink at the right time or just assisting people with medication and there are so many different job vacancies in health and social care. It's not a one-dimensional role, you know. And the one thing that I would say for crew, a bit like us, no two days are the same. Every day is different. You're experiencing different things every day. And because how diverse social care is, it's it gives an opportunity for people to learn new skills every single day. You just don't stop learning. And What's really nice in this job is when you've made a difference to somebody on a daily basis, you know, when you've you've got that vulnerable person who wasn't able to do something for themselves, maybe you've enabled them and, and got them back to full health, or maybe you're just making a difference in, in a bit of uh, in a time when they're in pain and discomfort. But having that that training and the confidence and the knowledge to do that, it, it, it's such a powerful thing. And it it helps you grow as a person. So for us with retention we you know yes we may lose three or four members of staff but but that's probably because they just you, you know it really isn't for them they thought they'd give it a go but but on the whole we have a really good retention rate above national average i think we're about 92 percent on retention of, of our staff which which is a massive retention um but that's because we're able to be diverse and i think what this has done in the industry for care managers and for care as a whole, it's really focused on the well-being of staff and making sure that the managers do look after their care team. And we have seen actually a massive improvement in how staff are look, looked after in their sector now. So it's nice to see actually that from a sector point, the perception of health and social care and the perception of care work has has really improved and people are now seeing us as, as a much stronger profession and a much you know it adds a career rather than you know maybe what the perception was as care two or three years ago yeah because i mean we're, we're in a really interesting situation we've had a uh, uh a decimated hospitality industry uh in, in, including uh, the airlines as well. So you've, all of a sudden, we, we've uh, we're in a situation where we've got all these very very skilled people, as you say, tra transferable skills. Uh, but some some of them, uh, including myself, are sort of in our fifties now. So 
would applications be welcome from uh, people of my age? Bearing in mind that sometimes the older you get, the more sort of uh, empathetic and sympathetic uh, you become. Uh, yeah, a, as an as an adult. Absolutely, and 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 we like to call those expert by experience or life skills. You, you know. I'm a great believer of the university of life. Sometimes yeah. just living is the best qualification ever, especially if you manage to get to 50. It's a game of survival. Um, you've definitely learned yeah. a whole lot more than what we could teach in textbooks. And you know, when I was in my nursing degree, the oldest lady in our group was 62. Uh, and her and I became really good friends. Uh, and I used to tell her every day, you know, you're never too old, try something new. Uh, and I was going to do some outrageous stuff. And the thing is, it gives you a new lease of life and it proves that we're never too old. We're never too old to learn a new skill. And there is a place for everybody. You know, if, if you look at vulnerable people, maybe you've got somebody who's decided to self-isolate. They've lost their confidence. They're feeling vulnerable and they need social care. Who's going to be better placed to support that person? Somebody who's who's able to empathise with them and sympathise with them. And for you to have that empathy skill and that sympathy skill, you have to have experienced a bit of life. You, you know, you, you can't textbook that it, because it's a natural uh, thing. Some people have the ability to put people at ease. Um, so life skills, absolutely welcome. And there's there's no age, there's no off age. The oldest, the eldest, also the oldest member of staff that I know that's working in care is about 72. Yeah, wow. So, that's quite impressive. Yeah, that's quite and what about the opportunity? Um, let's say there's crew who are working part-time for an airline, uh, still have uh, young children. Would, would there be uh, opportunities for them as well? The, the reality is care is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not a nine to five. And, and I, I guarantee you there will be a care provider or an employer or social services or somebody that sits there and goes, we need these hours covered. And if you said, look, I've got these hours, this is my availability. I'm sure most employers would go, you know what, we're going to chew your arm off for that. Um, yeah. Because... It, it's flexi working we you know the care sector is is a very diverse sector and i think it depends on how you want to work you know hospitals are quite rigid but community care you can do one hour up to 12 hours up to 14 hours up to 18 hours a day kind of thing it, there, there's just no there's no off switch there so the, the what we would do is we would talk to you about who you are and what you're looking for and then we could kind of guide you to which service would best fit what you're trying to achieve because obviously nursing homes residential homes and hospitals have to have regimes they have to have fixed times and things community and home care and other sectors have this flexibility so people that are looking for a lot of flexibility or maybe you know you're saying look i don't really want to commit any hours but i can just do bank work you know so if you've got a yeah. shift call me up and if i can do it i can do it you know, so th there's a fit for everyone. Okay, so so talk talk me through. Um, I've been uh, made redundant by my uh, airline, or even yep. furloughed, but I've decided, you know, you want to try year, something new? Yeah, uh, yeah, try something new, grab a new qualification. What happens? So I, 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 I apply to you. What what's the process? Okay, so basically the processes are we do like a four week self directed thing. So you'll talk to us will set you some induction work, which is just to give you an idea about what the care industry is. It's self-directed study. 
you're given 15 workbooks to work through, you read them, fill them in, and that in essence is called the care certificate. And the care certificate is a mandatory requirement to work in any care home or care sector. So it's the starting block and that's self-directed. Um, obviously, you'll get support. You can ring us up and say, look, I'm stuck on this. What does this mean? Or take a picture and WhatsApp it over. Um, and, and really, that that's your first block. There'll be some online bits and pieces for you to, to, to do. So uh, remote learning, VLE stuff, the virtual learning world. If then you've passed all of that and, and you, you've done that and there's no real time frame, you might go, look, I can zoom through this, but but we'd say up to four weeks. Um, if, if you've completed that, then we would then um, put you then through your what's called the mandatory skills. So this is where we start to look at things such as uh, food and fluid, moving and handling. Most of you, your crew and stuff, you've, I know you've got med air or you've got your first aid anyway, so there'll be a top up on that. And then once you've completed those modules, and again, it's about 16 hours worth of online learning, you've in essence then completed all of the mandatory skills to work in care. So during that period, we'll be working with you to do your CV and we'll be getting you to write all of these new skills that you've learned over the last four weeks. And then we can start placing you with employers. So we've got a list of employers that are looking to employ. We would just then go to an employer and say, right, we've got this member of staff. Um, they've completed their care certificate, so you don't have to do that with them. They've done all their mandatory training, so you don't have to do that with them. They're kind of good to go. Uh, they'll obviously do their background checks with you, so they'll do then the DBS and the references, but I know crew have already got DBSs. Um, some employers will accept those under the COVID restriction rules at the moment, so as long as you've got one, it's transferable. Uh, even if you're not on the update service, some may just, you know, for their procedures, they may make you do another one. Once we've got you that employer, that's when your apprenticeship actually starts. So that's when you'll be paid, you know, you're, you earn and learn, as it were. So you're paid to do this level five course whilst you're working. So we sign you up. We get you uh, the paperwork. You have a short interview, a, a short interview with myself as the course tutor. I talk about the program with you. We talk about commitments and, you know, are you sure this is really what you want to do? So you really know what you, you're letting yourself in for over the next 18 months. Your paperwork sent off and then your course is funded. Uh, you get the, the green light from uh, the, the uh, funding partners, uh, which is a company uh, that actually covers the costs for the training. Then we start. The, the classes are online. Uh, it's two hours a week, uh, Zoom meetings where we log on. Um, you'll be given essays. We do practical skills. So you'll have a little nursing kit posted out to you so you can learn to take vital signs and health checks, which I know most of you do that anyway in med air stuff. You know how to take blood pressure and temperature. So again, it's, it's very familiar stuff. It, it's not going to feel unfamiliar. And your employer will have what's called your practice assessment document, which is like a student pad about skills. So you'll be told, you know, these are the skills you need to learn this week or this month. They're signed off and then they match up with your essays. You kind of carry on that journey for 18 months. Uh, and at the end of that, uh, hopefully you'll have done enough work to pass your level five diploma as an assistant practitioner. Well. So it's quite, it's quite a big journey in. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, a big journey in, but it sounds like it's quite a uh, an interesting, interesting one. And it sort of sounds, by the hours that you've mentioned, sort of anyone, let's say you've only got to commit to two, two hours uh, a week uh, initially. 
it's for the well classrooms, worth, yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's well worth l l looking into so i mean um so it's, we're talking a, a level five uh, assistant practitioner. What kind of um, salary? Because I know crew, I know what crew are like as well. What kind of salary would that command initially? So the, the reality is, is health and social care. You know that it's normally anywhere between the national minimum up to ten pounds an hour. What you need to accept alongside this, if you went to university and you said, I want to train up as a nurse or a specialist, you'd be paying £9,000 a year university fees. And in you know, and because that's two years, you're almost at £18,000 university fees. This course, if you paid for it privately, would cost you £12,000. And yeah. it's a fully funded course. It's not going to cost you anything. So the reality is when you come into this, you don't really come into care and training for the money because unfortunately there's not a lot until you're qualified. The, the difference here is if you do this course, you then skip a band in the NHS. So you can go in at a band four, um, which is an assistant nurse's role. So you're already primed and positioned at a senior person with 18 months. And actually, then you start to look at better salaries. Uh, and the, and once you've completed this course, you can obviously go to university. You can do a top up degree and gain your whole nursing qualification. Or alternatively, you might be happy to be an assistant practitioner, that assistant nurses role, and, and want to work in the hospitals and actually become part of the NHS. So there's there's loads of opportunities that once you gain this qualification, you know, the world's your oyster. It, it really is a transferable qualification across all disciplines. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what I sort of seem to really, really like uh, about this is um, you're one of the few uh, industries that initially sort of recognise the skills of crew uh, and welcome age as well. So, Stephen, uh, currently we've got lots of crew uh, on furlough uh, yep. and we they're often asking us uh, about roles there. What's the situation if a crew is currently on furlough and they may be wanting to uh, give the sort of care industry uh, a try? I mean, what I would recommend is the induction programme that we were talking about earlier. It, it, it's not a government programme. It's something that we've put together to meet the entrance requirements for social care. So we're more than happy. You know, if you're thinking about I've got time, I'm not really sure. Or maybe like you were saying earlier, I, I could do two. I could work and maybe do a part time job. I would always say have a chat with us because we can always give you the mandatory training it's free of charge it doesn't cost anything you can do it you can gain all that cpd and then if at a later stage you decide that you want to come into care then you're ready so it's a great opportunity in so you can always use our induction program as a platform and and to build up your cpd so uh, look uh, going on because we're sort of just coming up to the or just over the uh, twenty minutes, I can never keep these things times well. Um, so people thinking about this, um, their first stage, they're going to be listening to this podcast, um, and uh, you you doing a show with us uh, as well. Um, their starting point, would you be open to sort of uh, chatting with them first if they've got absolutely. any uh, questions? Uh, yeah, probably, absolutely. Okay. Excellent. Well, look, what, what we'll do, we'll leave the uh, uh, details in the uh, description uh, down down below. Uh, but look, look, at, look into crew. Uh, I know this year has been a, a, a changer for, for not just uh, airlines, uh, not just the country, but the, but the whole uh, globe. And this seems to be a way to go, go, go forward.
it, it, it really does. As I say, there's so many crew, and we do we do hear about transferable skills uh, ahead of a lot. But you're you're one of the industries that really does recognize we want them. the benefits. We want them. You yeah, want them. we want them. We want them. We're hungry for them. We need them. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, brilliant! Now that's that's, uh, that's that's really good to hear. Well, look, I encourage everyone to watch our uh, our live show uh, when Stephen and Sue, who we mentioned earlier, will be uh, joining us. Uh, Looking forward to it. But Stephen, Dave, thank you so so much for joining us. Wonderful! Thank you for your time, Trevor. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Bye bye. So there you have it. A uh, a possible chance to have a career within the uh, care industry. Now let's look at these uh, things carefully. Um, this is exactly. Uh, within your uh, skill sets, you can literally jump uh, into it, regardless of age, uh, and especially uh, if you're older uh, as well. Um, why? Well, I suppose we're we're used to uh, shift work. Uh, we're used to sort of customer service. Uh, we're used to solving problems as well. But on the plus side, you've been offered a a qualification, a fast track. Uh, which you really can ask for more, really. And as Stephen said, you know, the job is not just about wiping buttons uh, it's getting to know uh, your, your your patients your, your, your customers and uh, especially with the uh, ability to um, go further in this industry as well and even if you didn't really uh, want to do it full-time the part-time um, availability is absolutely fantastic so what i'm going to do i'll pop their details in the uh, description uh, below and hopefully soon we'll have uh, Stephen back to uh, tell us a bit more and also yourselves let us know how you get on mm -hmm.